listeners. I'm Joni B. Cole, host of Author Can I Ask You? For people like me who love books and the stories behind the books, this show gives me the chance to ask authors about what they write and why they write. Plus, I like to throw in a few odd questions just to get to know each author a little bit better as a person. Let's get started and meet today's guest. Today, I welcome number one New York Times and internationally best-selling author, Lauren Kate. Lauren's brand new book, By Any Other Name, was described in a starred review from Publishers Weekly as a delightful rom-com that begs to be devoured in one sitting. Lauren is also the author of nine novels for young adults, including Fallen, which was made into a major motion picture. Lauren, welcome to Author Can I Ask You, and I did indeed devour your new book in almost one sitting. Thank you so much for having me. I am thrilled to be here. Well, it's the kind of book you don't want to put down. So, Lauren, I already mentioned the starred review from Publishers Weekly, but I liked another review as well that talked about your new book, and it read, Reading Lauren Cates by any other name is like watching a Nora Ephron movie. It makes the day seem brighter, the world seem more hopeful, and happiness seem possible for everyone. And I cannot tell you how much I needed a book like yours. I wonder, can you give a quick overview or a teaser for listeners about the book's premise? Absolutely. Um, So the book is about a young woman named Lainey Bloom. She's an editor at a publishing house, and she works on the books of a very prominent but reclusive romance novelist. She's based a lot of her ideas about what love is on this writer's books and about what a heroine in a love story might be. Um, In the story, there's a circumstance that requires she actually meet Noah Calloway in person. Uh, No one ever meets Noah Calloway in person. And she realizes that the author she idolizes, the person she envisioned as a, a feminist mentor, is actually a man. (laughs) and a man who seems like quite a jerk at first. So this throws her life into chaos and she starts second guessing all her choices, her career, her engagement to a man that is kind of based on her ideas of what love is supposed to be out of these books. And as her life kind of crumbles around her, she is shocked to begin to find herself falling in love with the man behind Noah Calloway. Yeah, and hijinks ensue. I love (laughs) that premise. The reason I needed you to do the overview of the book was because I didn't know how much you wanted to give away. And so now I feel like we can talk a little more freely, but the book is full of surprises and twists. Yeah. I read that you actually drew a little bit on your own personal life, or at least your past personal life for some of the elements of the story and by any other name. Can you give a few examples of how you mind your own life for story material, but then also how as an author you diverge for the sake of the narrative? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, Lainey's character is largely based on my experience as a woman getting her first job out of college and landing at a publishing house, the kind of job of her dreams. um, That is all closely aligned with what I did uh, in my early 20s. I did work as an editor for a reclusive novelist who I idolized, and there was a great deal of mystery around this person. (laughs) And I always knew 
that that alone was kind of enough of a story for me to get going on a premise. Uh, but I was quite surprised in this this book when the reclusive novelist feminist icon turns out to be a man. That is uh, that was a, something I didn't see coming when I was thinking about this book. The other aspect of this book, it, there's a relationship that ends that Lainey is in where the the man is extremely good on paper and he looks like the kind of guy she's always dreamed of. And she has actually made a list of 99 things that she wants in a partner. And she's found a guy, uh, you know, against all odds who ticks off every box. She sort of made this list based on one of the Noah Calloway books that she <laughs> read as a young woman, never thinking that she would find someone who fit all the boxes. And then she does. And, um, it turns out that may not be enough, that there's something ineffable about love that you maybe can't ever commit to paper. I thought that that first boyfriend almost fit the definition of the cliche, you know, too good to be true. Because <laughs> he did tick off all those 99 checkboxes and he was a very decent character. But mm-hmm. like you said, love has this other component to it. You know, Lainey is a romance editor and she's a romantic herself. I don't think you create those 99 expectations if you're not a bit of a romantic. Though what I also loved about her character was she was very practical and she was capable and she was ambitious. She was just such a beautifully fully rounded character. But I wondered if that was one of the things you might have called from your own personality. Are you a little bit of a romantic yourself? Oh, um, yeah, I think that would maybe be my defining personality trait. Oh, how so? Um, All of my books revolve around the idea that we we derive a lot of power out of romantic love, personal power, personal agency and strength from our experiences with romantic love, the successes and the failed ones. And so I think I'm always circling what can be gained, what can be mined from the intensity of these romantic experiences. And... um, yeah, I mean, it's it's based on my my faith that love is powerful and life-changing and, and sort of, I don't know, it's what we're here for. That's lovely, Lauren, just lovely. So have you ever created a list of 99 expectations? No, but my roommate in college did, and that's where that came from. And, you know, we all thought she was a lunatic for making such a specific list. And I have to tell you that she found the guy who fit 98 of her 99 things. The one characteristic he doesn't have is the eye color of her dreams. She wanted blue and she married a guy who had green, but she really did find someone who had everything else that was important to her, which it blows me away that that worked out. Um, and I just, I think it's perfect for putting in a rom-com and kind of poking fun at. Oh my gosh. It was such a great device. Well, so you've never made that list, but you know, on a whim, what would be in the top three boxes for you? Oh, wow. Um, definitely a sense of humor, which is what the main thing that pulled me to my husband. Um, and I like someone that you can be be quiet with, you know, that you can read a newspaper with and um, the silences feel not not only comfortable, but also almost inspiring um, that you can kind of get a sense of your person without using words. Um, and then I think a sense of adventure and a desire to experience new things throughout your relationship. Um, I've been married for 12 years. Um, 
And I think that the way that the way that being in a marriage can continue to feel exciting is when you try new things together. That's lovely. But Lauren, you didn't put eye color up there. In the <laughs> Must have blue eyes. <laughs> That's why God invented colored contact lenses. <laughs> there you go. I tell you, when I read the book myself, I honest to goodness forgot that this wasn't a real author, that Noah Calloway <laughs> was a fictitious author. Though I have to say, in some trades, you're not far behind. I think you mentioned she, he had 40 million sales mm-hmm. and you're right up there with what, 30 million or something like that? In a way, Noah's experience with writing, with engaging with his readers, with um, writer's block, certainly, you know, a, a lot of that is autobiographical as well. Um, he's, you know, he's quite different from, from me, but I do have, I have experiences that echo his with just, you know, kind of the way that people have responded to, to these stories. So it, it was fun to explore that side too. Well, <laughs> I love that the book was a page turner and just, just dear and real on so many levels. But I also love the central question that it had me stewing about, still I stew about this, how much does it matter whether we like or really know the writer? Exactly. And I think that's just a perplexing question because I know I do have trouble reading authors, if I find out in real life, they're a jerk or whatever. And I know Mm -hmm. it shouldn't matter, but it does. And so it was striking to me, of course, when Lainey, she feels she's betrayed by Noah Calloway and it really set her back. And I kept thinking, would I be a setback? I mean, his books are his books, but it's just such a good question. How do you feel about that in terms of say an author whose books you love, but maybe you find out that the person themselves isn't whom you expected them to be? Yeah, I mean, I think I have I have grappled with this question over the years, and I've thought about it from both sides. And you know, there is a scene in the book where Lainey and Noah have an intense, you know, ferocious theoretical debate about the author's role in a story, and can does death of the author exist, and who really is at the center of a story that people care about. Um, I can come down on either side, depending on the day and who I'm arguing with, but it it was important to me. And I think particularly to engage the question of gender, um, can a man take on a woman's voice? Not, not just can he, can he do it well? I mean, this writer clearly does convincingly write women, but should he? Should he be allowed to? Is it a lie if people don't know it? And what is the publishing industry's sort of moral commitment to their readership? Um, I don't think there are easy answers to any of these. Uh, I just wanted the characters to participate in a debate about it and, you know, (laughs) fall in love in the meantime. Well, it's wonderful that a book that's described sometimes as a rom-com has that foundational topical discussion going on right now, not just in the publishing industry, but in many places. Is it right for us to assume the other, to write the other from the point of view of the other? And this question in the most entertaining way, but also meaningful way, explores that question, which makes it a great book group book as well. I want to move on to your other projects, because it was interesting to me that this book is, it felt like a departure because it's hopeful and it's lighter in spirit and it's funny. There's a lot of humor in it. And your other books are masterfully written, but I wouldn't say humor by any means is one of the foremost trademarks of them. So for example, your huge selling YA series, Fallen, 
it certainly has some romance in it for sure, but it's darker. So why'd you switch it up, Lauren? Why, why did you feel like, I think I'll go here for this, this adult book and have a very different tone and style? Well, I've got to say, I didn't mean to. Um, <laughs> I, when I started with this concept, it was you know more squarely in the women's fiction realm. And I thought it was really going to be exploring this, this breakup more than anything else. At the same time, uh, when I started writing this book, I remember being at a New Year's Eve party and I made a New Year's resolution aloud to the group that I wanted to tell more jokes that year. Um, <laughs> I felt like it was a part of me that since my kids are seven and eight and since they were born, I felt like I had become the, the sort of serious person in the family. My husband is very funny. My kids are funny. And I was realizing I'm not the one making the jokes as much. And I used to be, and I want to be, and what happened to that part of me. And so that was something I was exploring in the early months of the year. I started writing this book and the book became a, a rom-com. I didn't know it was going to, I, it didn't even intentionally do that, um, but it sort of refused to take itself seriously. And I think that was the way ultimately to engage with this real breakup that did happen to me, I had to make fun of it. I had to see it from a lighthearted and, and more optimistic perspective than certainly I had at the time. And uh, this is just what happened. I'm glad it happened. I have really enjoyed lightening up my writing. Um, and I will like being able to toggle both between, uh, types of writing, both tones. Um, but I certainly want to be writing more rom-coms because it was a blast. Yeah, well, a blast to read too. Well, I'll put you on the spot, Lauren. Do you have a joke for me? <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, that is the spot. Um, you know, I got these seven and eight year old children. I'm coming up. A lot of the potty humor ones are coming to me, but I'm not going to go there. Well, that never gets old, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was putting you on the spot. You don't have to give me a joke. It's like when people say, what are you reading right now? And Suddenly, I can't remember a single thing. Totally. I know. I'm sorry. I don't have a good joke. <laughs> I do want to spend another second, though, on your mega, mega, mega series, Fallen. Did you know when you started that book that that was going to be a series or was that your plan? I did know that it was going to be a series. Yes, fairly quickly, because the nature of the story involves these past lives from the main character it did feel sort of historically expansive. Like I wanted to be able to go to different areas and different moments from her soul's existence. Right. So I did always know that it was going to be bigger, but, you know, building a series in the first book is really not that different from writing any book. You're just groping around in the dark, trying to find a character to hold up a little candle for you and show you the way. What a pretty metaphor. You know, so the second book in that series, Torment, it debuted as number one on the New York Times list. I was curious, what did you learn from that mega success, that mega early on success with that series? Were there any big takeaways that you learned as a writer? Um, uh, there are so many things that I learned. I mean, one of the things that I learned, and, and this I probably learned when I worked in publishing, was that when a book is well-received like that and, and becomes successful, there's so much chance involved. You know, I worked on so many spectacular books in my editing life that people loved and, you know, only five of them read it. It's a lot of luck and chance involved in a book becoming a bigger success. That makes a lot of sense. You know, you've been on both sides of that desk in terms of you're an author, but you've also worked in publishing. So I hope there's a lot of aspiring authors out there listening. 
Do you have any top tip or tips for those aspiring authors who want to travel the road that you're traveling? Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the simplest advice that I ever got the, was to finish my stories um, because I realized I was having a pattern where I would get almost to the end of a first draft, like 80% of the way done. I could see the ending. It was almost there. And I knew that the story was a pile of junk and I wanted to quit. And I had a great idea for the next book. And um, I remember telling a screenwriter friend of mine who's older this impulse with my first manuscript. And she had read parts of my first manuscript and, you know, she was kind, but I think she knew too, that it wasn't going to go anywhere. But I remember her, she took me by the shoulders, looked me fiercely in the eye. And she said, you finished that terrible novel. You've got to learn that you can do it. And I think about that every time I get to that 80% mark of my drafts, because I always want to quit. I always think they're not going to be good enough. They're not turning out and no one's going to want to read this. And now I know that I can finish and I can go back and that revision process is waiting for me. And that's when my stories get good and become the books they want to be. And I just, I, I believe I'm the kind of writer, I could have 20 unfinished manuscripts if I'd never finished that first one. I think that's the best writing advice I've ever heard. <laughs> and, and particularly timely for me and for anyone out there listening who's at that 80% and just yeah. thinking, nope, this isn't going to make it. Right. Um, Right. And we won't stop thanks to your advice. So yeah. I appreciate that. Do you think that um, we'll see Lanny and Noah in another future iteration or is that a one-off book? I, I mean, I think there's certainly more of their story to tell. You know, I was responding to some social media posts this morning and people were asking, you know, can you write an epilogue? Cause I need to know what happens with them. I actually did write an epilogue already that I cut from the final draft because it felt a little bit too closed when I wanted their romance to be very open at the end. But yeah, there's, there's a bit more that exists that certainly has me thinking, but I am working on a different rom-com right now with new characters in a new world. So they might have to wait a little while. <laughs> well, Lauren, I have one last question for you, which is if you were to write a six word memoir, what would it be? Oh, I love these. Um, okay. Six words. I would say <laughs> above all she believed in love oh that's so beautiful well it certainly is a theme of your books mm -hmm. and, and inspiring and it is what gives this book in particular that sense of hopefulness and lightness that's just lovely well, I know that anybody who picks up by any other name, and I cannot recommend this book highly enough, you will definitely be putting a smile on a lot of readers' faces. It just made me feel good, and boy, do we need a dose of that. So, Lauren, I want to thank you so much for this time because I know you're swamped with requests, and so I really, really appreciate this and your book. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun and a great conversation. I'm so happy to have come on the show. Listeners, for more information on Lauren Kate's terrific new book by any other name, visit her website at laurenkatebooks.net. So that's it for this episode of Author, Can I Ask You? Thanks, everybody, for listening. And if you like what you heard, 
please spread the word and visit me on my website, JoniBCole.com. In the meantime, take care, act civil, and don't be afraid to ask the odd questions.